millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. This is a special episode. We've done one before with Avengers Endgame and we're kicking off part two of our spoiler episodes with Spider-Man Far From Home. So we've now had the opportunity to both see it and we're going to dig deep on all things Spider-Man Far From Home. You have been warned. If you haven't seen the film, stop listening now. But really, don't stop listening. Keep listening. We love you. Um, we do have a non-spoiler Spider-Man Far From Home review um, live on our podcast, mixed with all the latest uh, movie news and trailers. So I'll warn you again, this is spoilerful. I think so, you coined uh, that phrase last time. <laughs> spoilerful. We're going to stick with it. <laughs> so to jump straight in, the story surrounds Peter Parker, obviously, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and it's picking up from events pretty much straight after Avengers Endgame, after everyone's been snapped back into existence. Yeah, I think it's like eight months after what they call the blip in this film. So the blip is like the moment when, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark snapped his fingers and undid all the carnage that Thanos had had Mm -hmm. inflicted on on the universe, wiping 50% of the population. It's kind of the moment where everyone just pops back into Earth's timeline five years later. And they kind of represented that in a really cool way, didn't they? Where there was like a basketball game playing and it was a snap where everything, everyone started to like float away. And then Mm -hmm. the blip was at the same, (laughs) like at the basketball game in the court, Mm -hmm. all the people that got snapped out just kind of like appeared and just like fell into the space, fell into the air. It was actually really cool. Really funny, actually. It was a great intro to the film. We started off, I want to talk about the intro because I think it was just, it set the tone of the movie so well they started Mm. off with this really moving video package special about tony stark's death and then it started to get a little silly and a little funny because it was made by high school students yeah totally what we opened up with i will always love you by whitney houston which (laughs) i was sitting there in the cinema going what on earth is going on why are we opening up with this with this song and yeah it was like this cheesy um high school high school made video yeah it's Mm. but 
to your point, Lee, it really did set up the tone for this movie. This movie was funny. It yeah. was quick. It was witty. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and that really kind of, like, hey, this is a movie that we're watching. I remember you mentioning in our spoiler-free review that it really is lighter in tone to Endgame, which yes, isn't definitely. hard because Endgame is quite dark at times, quite yeah. heavy. Um, I think it's a good thing. It was a good palate cleanser after Endgame. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it answered quite a few questions. It identified mm-hmm. kind of partly how the world has changed and the, mm-hmm. since since the snap and the when everyone kind mm-hmm. of blipped back into existence and there was kind of like a similar sort of well more somber setup when captain america had that group yeah and the support group so it was kind of like a lighter way of tackling how people's lives have changed and aunt may paid by marissa tomei she was kind of pivotal in communicating that exposition of what Mm. life is like since the blip she talked about blipping back into existence in her old apartment Mm. which was now inhabited by someone else And, and they thought that she was like a mistress or the yeah. husband was cheating because she just appeared in, in the, yeah, really, really funny. Oh gosh. I'm trying to like think of what, I, I feel like this movie is probably best to start talking about from start to finish. Don't you? Rather than jumping yeah. about, it's going to yeah. be hard to keep on track. Well, especially for me, cause my brain goes everywhere, but we'll give it a good <laughs> shot. Give it a go. <laughs> keep yeah, so, me in line, Lee. So Peter, that's my job. So Peter and <laughs> Peter and his classmates are readjusting to life after the events of Endgame and they're getting ready to go on a school trip to Europe. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Mm. So this is kind of like, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time we've really seen Spider-Man Peter Parker outside of New York. You know, he's a friendly Mm. neighbourhood Spider-Man, but now he's like international. No, international. No, they went to, in Homecoming, they went to Washington on a school trip to Washington. You are right. You are right. But I guess they've Mm. hopped, you know, a little bit further around the globe. And it kind of gave it a bit more of a different visual appeal yeah um and tone to it which is yeah. which is quite nice i mean every, all movies new york never looks bad on film but it is nice to see spider-man in a really yeah. different european setting and i think it kind of posed a lot of challenges for him you know web slinging around venice and mm. all these other great fabulous european places rather than yeah. the tall skyscrapers of of new york i feel like spider-man ate shit a lot more in this movie because he yeah. didn't have mu- he didn't have much to grab onto, and there was quite a lot of um, <laughs> destruction stuff going on. He was out of his element. He wasn't in his familiar surroundings. Oh, absolutely! And he was out of his element in more ways than one. We mm-hmm. do kind of explore his how, as a teenage boy, how he's going to talk to MJ, mm-hmm. who he kind of has a little thing for. Yeah, so he's out of his element in more ways than one. He's also mourning the loss of his mentor Tony Stark and feeling absolutely. the pressure to step up as an Avenger which is a lot of pressure for a teenager. Absolutely. And a character who played a really big role in this movie, more than I actually was anticipating, was Nick Fury, which we'll delve deeper into later on, I'm sure. Big twist there. Big twist, huge twist, which... Anyway, I'm still trying to process all of that, but um, <laughs> there was a lot of pressure from Nick Fury to Peter Parker as being the hero that that we mm. na- that we need. Tony had also left him Edith, which had mm. gave him access to all of this really high security tech and yeah. defense systems, um, which is and again a lot of responsibility for a kid. You can see him just panic. Which you naturally give such responsibility to a teenage boy. <laughs> it seemed a bit bizarre. <laughs> 
it was bizarre, but it did add quite a lot of uh, jeopardy. It added a lot of jeopardy, which um, plays out with the inevitable relationship and consequence of of Peter's relationship with with Quinton Beck, aka Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Do we want to talk a little bit about Mysterio? Yeah, well, people who are familiar with the comics will probably know already that Mysterio is the villain. Mm. They've, they've gone with that. It's a pretty similar storyline, I think, to the comics. That They've kind of given him a little bit of a twist, though. He's actually just a disgruntled employee of Stark Industries who is trying to get revenge and make himself into a hero. He wants to be the hero that Tony Stark was. He wants to take over Tony Stark's Yeah. Role. A few things to unpack here. Number one, I remember you saying that the character of Mysterio was uninspired in the mm. way that he was revealed as a villain. And yes. I guess it's kind of, oh, rinse and repeat, another disgruntled employee. Yes, that's um, what I felt. I felt that was done already. We saw mm. that, I think we even saw that in Homecoming, where the villain yeah. Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, was yeah. also a disgruntled, not not employee, but he was a disgruntled blue-collar worker. Trying sure. to, you know, trying to get his day in the sun. Basically. Now, there's this big moment in the in the movie probably in the second act where Quinton Beck is revealed in spectacular fashion as the fake as the villain quote unquote mm. in this really hammy really scripted really like stand up on your pedestal literally because he stood up on the fucking bar and revealed himself to the audience in this huge yeah. you know two three page or more and exposition of- going i'm the villain this is why because yes. of tony stark and you're with me past disgruntled employee a and past disgruntled employee b yeah. and yeah. look at where we're doing insert perfectly rounded ex- explanation as to yeah. why and what we're going to do and yeah. you know there was a lot of um like he's a manipulator in physics and visuals but he's also a, a, a manipulator in that he really you kind of really felt that quinton and peter had a really good quick relationship that was really mm. authentic so well, i did a, like that manipulate yeah it was I good did, i did like that about jake Hall that he is very charismatic. So likable. He's very well. charming. He's very likable. He is. But as a bad guy, I just thought the character was a bit one-dimensional. So I won't put it on Jake's shoulders. Jakey did a good job. He's great. I loved him in this movie. I just do think that, yeah, maybe that let him down a bit. But I'm mm. also thinking, like, how else could have they packaged that reveal up differently? Mm. They were so aware that they were making it. Okay, guys, this part of the story is full of exposition and we need to say it this way. I did quite like how they weaved in why he was disgruntled by mm. going back things that have happened in the MCU around technology that he uses to, what is it, the vir- not virtual reality, augmented reality sort mm. of thing and the, and the mm. drones and using that technology, the bath technology. Mm. Um, and, of course, Tony Stark stole his idea and totally. took the credit. And, but, again, we saw that in Iron Man 3 when yeah. the Mandarin, Aldrich Killian, played by Guy Pearce, mm-hmm. again, took this great idea to Tony Stark and Tony Stark didn't want to listen, didn't have time to listen, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, stole I his guess thunder. It, it's, I it guess, just feels very dumb. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I feel you. It is dumb. But somehow I kind of give them a hall pass with this because, and I've thought nice about reference. it. <laughs> nice school reference there, a hall pass. <laughs> I'm here for the bad puns. You're here to keep me on track. <laughs> I think it's, uh, now I've lost, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. I, I give them a hall pass for this because Tony has a really dark past being an arms dealer. And, you know, he, he did come to realize this in the first Iron Man film in 2008 and he changed his ways. But his past comes back to haunt him even when he's dead. 
And mm-hmm. I guess this is just another person in his life who he has used and abused to his own benefit, that the ripples of who Tony used to be is is ongoing. That's the only reason that makes me feel like, well, they're weaving Tony still into the story despite mm. him despite him no longer physical, he is forever present. And we feel that in like the beats of the story that get us there. But also, like you said, in Peter mourning for Tony, who was a mentor to him over the year, the few years that we have had those characters interact quite beautifully on screen. Mm. Well, this was this, I think this is actually the official end of Marvel's phase three. It, like I said, it's a very good palate cleanser to get us into phase four. So that might be the sort of last kind of heavy-handed reference that we have to Iron Man. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there'll be Easter eggs here and there, but this was kind of like closing the door gently. You know, mm. it was slammed shut in Endgame and then time yeah. to move on softly, softly. See, I thought this movie would really set up what Phase 4 might look like. Mm. I, I was, um, you know how excited I was about the whole multiverse thing and how mm. ballsy that we thought they were in talking about that during you know, the trailers that had mm. come out leading up to this. But it turns out, you know, Mysterio, there was no multiverse. He was in this timeline. He was a disgruntled employee, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if there still is multiverses and alternate timelines that can, like, shift how the MC universe will continue. And in pure mm. Kevin Feige style, we just don't know where this franchise is going again. No. And well, I'm ready well, we for know- the ride. Yeah, we know that Peter Parker is going to be a big part of the next phase, and I believe Captain Marvel is also going to be a big part of the new Avengers. Oh, totally. Mm. But where, where the story goes is anyone's guess. Yeah, and I guess we won't really know that until we find out what movies are going to be next in the MCU. Yeah. That'll kind of help shape what what may or may not mm-hmm. be ahead. But um, I always get too excited and think the future so maybe let's just keep focused on far from home for now yeah. i want to talk a little bit about uh tom holland's acting oh. what a performance he put in really he... he was so great just playing this vulnerable teenager with the weight of the world on his shoulders and also having to step up and getting his ass handed to him he really got the crap kicked out of him he got hit by a freaking train yeah i th- i thought the movie was going to end then i thought how the hell can he survive that that actually made me jump that was pretty brutal they did not shy away in, no yeah handing him a serving really giving him a beat down and mm. um it was hard for him to come back from that obviously but he mm. he did step up he did he had a lot of growth and learning in this movie i mean we have to remember that peter is a teenager and i think that mm. he conveys that mental stress and really not knowing all the answers, but then thinking that he does and really like, you know what, this is what Nick Fury wanted from me. This is what Tony wanted from me. This is what mm. Happy will be proud of me for. Mm. And we got we got a sense of that naivety, but also mm. kind of like, hey, yeah, I can do this. You know, in that bar scene where he ultimately handed over Stark Industry Technology to Quinton, handed over Edith, and I'm sitting there going, oh, this is a bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. Mm, but He just so badly wants totally. to be a teenager. And I think, I think by the end of the movie we'd seen a nice kind of acceptance almost that he'd come to terms mm. with that he has to balance both. Yeah. But he did, he is making it harder for himself where, oh, we're about to unload a whole lot of spoilers here, but, you know, him mm. and MJ are officially an item at the end mm. of this movie. Um, she figures through, out who he is. She figures out who he is. And then, I don't know if we want to talk about one of the end credit scenes. Yeah, yeah, mid, go for it. Yeah, so it is quite spectacularly, he's outed as Peter Parker as 
Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Well, mm. he didn't know. Uh, what's his name? Jamison, who is spectacularly one of the best MC, probably actually the best MCU cameo or surprise. Yeah. Is it J.K. Simmons? Mm. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. J.K. Simmons is back, you know, with the Daily Bugle, which is quite, it blew my mind because I sat there and it didn't actually, the penny didn't drop until after the scene because I was like, hold on a minute. Has he been in the MCU before? Yeah. Because I was, I can't. It didn't hit me, and then I people realized, were cheering in my screening because yeah. he he was actually in Sam Raimi's Spider Man, yeah. Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, which is you know so long ago, mm. and they've kind of reused an actor playing a character in the whole new iteration of of mm. the Spider Man franchise. And man, like, what a cool addition! to this series. He entered with a bang, yep. outing uh, outing Peter Parker as Spider-Man, sharing this supposed, of you know, Mysterio's deceit and deception was even after his death. For people who maybe haven't seen it yet, there was a, a video played in Times Square that showed Mysterio making out that Peter Parker was attacking him and was attacking the world and made him mm. out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot to take in in that scene mm. and it was really quite awesome. And to your point, it's like, he will clearly be playing a really big part in the next phases. Um, and where do we go from here if Peter Parker's secret or Spider-Man's secret identity has been revealed? Well, Peter, and in the comics and in the past movies and how we know him is that he is really, really protective of his secret identity. Mm. Um, it's really pivotal to his character. He wants to protect those that he loves and that, that has impacted his relationships in the past, whether it be MJ or Aunt May and Uncle Ben and all the rest of it. So it's interesting that they've added this layer and I think not prematurely, but interestingly early in hmm. this story arc of this version of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. In, was it Spider-Man? Oh, sorry. Iron Man 1 or 2 that Tony Stark came out as Iron Man? Number one. It was the it first. Was so this one. is a bookend. It's like a bookend to the film. Yeah. That, you know, Tony Stark's secret identity was revealed in the very beginning of this three-phase cycle. And then Spider-Man's identity was revealed at the end of the three-phase cycle. It was a nice little bookend i think my jaw just dropped then because i didn't put those pieces together that's really fucking cool i love it love a bookend do you want to talk about peter and his friend oh this is great you know peter is a teenager mm. he's on to on a school trip they really did play to the fact that these yep. kids are kids and there was like love made mm. and lost in one trip between his friend Ned and, and Played Betty. Played by Australian actress um, Gary Rice. And that was 
Yeah. Yeah. And she was fantastic. And that was really cool. <laughs> they were like, hey, babe, love you, babe. Like they'd literally just shared a flight from New York to, to Europe. And they were yeah. just like boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And that was, that was really fun. And just kids being kids and running amok and sneaking off and their teachers that are hopeless or trying to be cool. And there was just all these awkward moments that you just experience as a kid. It was actually quite nostalgic and kind of really fun. Again, playing to your point that, you know, this movie really was a palate cleanser. There was a lot more focus on him and his little group of friends. Well, you know, I actually had a chat with Angari Rice, who plays Betty Brandt, a couple of weeks ago now. We had a little chat about the movie and she was really excited that there's a lot more Betty in this film, who is also, in the comics, a love interest for Spider-Man. Right. I wonder if that's going to play out in the Maybe. coming movies. You know what I was thinking? I kind of just got vibes of Gwen mm. Stacy from her. And there was, only one, there was only one thing that made me think of Gwen Stacy, mm. even though she's not and her name isn't and whatever, but it was the headband mm. that she wore and her blonde hair that made me think of Gwen Stacy. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to just like, yeah, because they kind of did something similar with MJ in a way because you didn't actually know she was, Mm. Zendaya was MJ until the end of Homecoming. Yeah, they kept it a little bit secret. They kept a little bit secret. So I'm wondering, could they or will they do that again? I'm probably, um, I'm really, (laughs) really bad at guessing where movies are going (laughs) and this is probably clearly why I should just yeah. go for the ride and wait to find out. Wasn't feeling the chemistry between her and uh, yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah, because you were saying that mm. like they're both awkward and you can't really have two characters mm. that are just painfully awkward trying to converse. I actually thought she was a little bit less annoying okay. than I found her in Homecoming. I mean, it was pretty damn cute when they're on yeah. um, Tower Bridge and they're having those kisses after mm. he saved the world and whatever. But yeah, I feel like though, maybe moving forward, she won't be as dry and, and awkward because there's not, there's not that tension mm. between her and Peter anymore. They are an item. Maybe she'll loosen up and kind confident. of be a little bit yeah. more approachable. Yeah. A bit more confident, a bit more approachable as a I character. Feel like, I feel like um, MJ is meant to be yeah. quite a confident character. Hiding a bit of sadness, but still yeah. a, so maybe she, like an outgoing character, and that's just not mm. what Zendaya is putting out. Yeah. I mean, maybe in Spider-Man 3 we might mm. understand her home life, which which in the comics and previous Spider-Mans is, is really quite tough, you know, her, her, home, her home life. So maybe we'll see more of that moving forward, and maybe this was kind of like a, a coming of age for her where she might turn she might become the mj that Mm. we're more accustomed to but anyway i'm all for new takes on characters and and whatever so hopefully things just kind of yeah she kind of becomes a little bit more likable is that that harsh (laughs) but i'm I'm feeling it too i just was not connecting with Uh, that character at all and i just wasn't connecting with their chemistry but mm. i thought that tom holland was working overtime to be really endearing and charming and portray that vulnerability and that awkwardness. Oh, yeah. And I just felt a little bit like MJ was very robotic. Yeah, she's yeah, she's quite mm. robotic, quite deadpan. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. So we need uh, Zendaya to maybe <laughs> lighten up a little bit. Put it bluntly. <laughs> That'd be nice. Put it bluntly. Oh, dear. <laughs> In mm. terms of another bombshell, and this was the yes. end credit scene in Far From Home, was... Finding out that Nick Fury 
was actually no, not he was a Nick Fury. So awesome. I mean, I feel like this sets up the fact that, yes, to your point, Captain Marvel will play a bigger role moving mm-hmm. forward in the MCU, you know, incorporating the scroll. But it, it, it opens up a wider question. Oh, by the way, um, Nick Fury was yeah. in space. Having a really vacation or on a space, secret mission, you know, who knows? Probably, definitely a secret mission. Uh, it kind of, one, played on the theme of mistaken identity and deception mm-hmm. and all this that was constant theme throughout this film, which I quite liked. But it also makes me sit up and go, well, how long has Nick Fury not been on Earth? Like, when, when did Talos become... Yes. The, well, when did they swap out? Going forward in the next... Mm. Well, it must, because I can't <laughs> sleep at night without knowing it all did address these things. A big, it did address um, a bit of a plot hole. Where are all the missing Avengers? Yeah, I mean, they kind of addressed that in a quick... Mm. What about Captain Marvel? What about Thor? But I'm and thinking like, that... No, busy, that, not around. That... Nick Fury and Maria Hill weren't really Nick Fury and Maria Hill meant that Talos didn't have the knowledge or the access to those superheroes to be able to call them in. Like he was flying by the seat of his pants when they're like, why, why aren't these people available? And he's like, they're not available. Sorry. So they've kind of used that as yeah, a sort true. of coverall to say why he couldn't get any help. That's really funny. Because they didn't know how to call them. How. <laughs> uh, but then wouldn't Nick Fury be like, here's how you get in touch with Thor Maybe. in my absence. This is how, like, he hasn't he hasn't done a very good job in <laughs> setting up his mate to, you know, help know. save, save well, Earth when, when they need just, to. You know, they're just meant to be placeholders. We shouldn't read too much into it. True. <laughs> Which is exactly what we are. And this is where you just can go stir crazy. Uh, we do have to remind ourselves that these are superhero movies. But it is a lot of fun trying to find that continuity when mm. you're 23 movies mm. into a, a franchise. I guess not everything is going to align, but they can have a little bit of fun. And I kind of t- hats off to Kevin Feige and Marvel for doing stuff like this because this just keeps mm. it fresh, keeps it interesting and keeps you wanting more and wanting to know where the hell they're going with the story yep. because they have a big job ahead of them. They had an Infinity War saga that travelled mm. up to, what, 22, 22 movies. So how what story is going to get mm-hmm. make another 22? Do you know what I mean? What's at stake next time? Because we literally saw half the universe get wiped. So are we going to mm-hmm. wipe 80% of the universe next time? What is an Avengers-level threat that's going to well, make us a, go, There's a wow, secret invasion storyline that is in the comics where actually the scrolls are infiltrating Earth hiding themselves away on Earth to be able to eventually take over Earth. But what Captain Marvel did was kind of set the scroll up as the good guys. So now I wonder whether it's going to be a Kree invasion, maybe led by Jude Law's character. Yeah, they were certainly painted Mm. as really quite evil guys. The supreme intelligence, maybe, Um, that she pissed off. Yeah. I think that the next phase, phase four of the MCU, is definitely going to be more galactic. I I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy will play an even bigger role and all the other characters and and things, which is why I'm thinking that it's a perfect way of bringing Fantastic Four in. There's a lot of galactical Mm. villains and enemies part of that, those comics. Silver Surfer and Mm. is it Galactus, Mm -hmm. the big cloud thing that, you know, we've we've actually seen on Celluloid before. There's some big... Avengers level mm. threats on the horizon and it'd be interesting to see how they incorporate that in. I just want it now. More, I want it more all Marvel. now. More Marvel. We're not going to, I mean, we've had three Marvel movies in 
seven months. Mm, like yeah. we've been very spoiled this year. And now we've just mm, kind of got to chill for a little now. bit. Chill fam. We, we'd love to hear some of your theories and maybe questions that you guys might have. We now have a, an official popcorn podcast mm. Instagram. So you can leave comments, questions, anything you'd actually yeah. like us to address in the podcast. But yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think phase four is going to Where's going, where that's going to go and what you thought of homecoming. So how many popcorn, how many popcorn um, kernels would you give you it? Because I gave it four oh. and I'm, I'm going to stick by it. Yeah, look, I think I'm on the same page. Four popcorn kernels for this because I love the character Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland is literally, he's an actor to watch and he really does embody this role so perfectly. He's funny. He can take you to those tender moments and you really empathize with him. Um, and he's just so damn likable at the end of the day. But, yeah, so I'm going to give it four for, for the action, for the ballsiness of setting up and yeah. taking you on a bit of a ride. Yeah. Just it was entertainment value. It was a really fun. I had a really great time. Entertaining film with a lot of heart, and I really loved that it had an international flavor but still kept that localized feel. Totally. Grounded the characters again. I think I said that. Grounded Absolutely. the characters after the you know, insane battles of Endgame and all these massive scale war, it sort of brought it back down to earth, mm. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was, that's, that's what makes Spider-Man great, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you've summed think it up you perfectly. you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just throwing compliments around on the podcast now. All right, well, thanks for uh, listening in on... Uh, our spoiler mm-hmm. review of Spider-Man Far From Home. We were very excited mm-hmm. to sink our teeth into this one. So don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave yep. a review and of then, our podcast as well while yep, you're there. Have a listen on, on the way to work. Popcorn podcast, all one word. Fab. Yep. Lots of things. We're asking a lot of you guys, yeah, but we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Okay. Thanks, Lee. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 